re 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 ready Check Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. I said Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Rewriters Room. We are the men with the pen. It is beautiful to be back. Uh, definitely want to apologize. I think I messed up the audio last time, Armand. Um, so y'all didn't get to hear my incredible rewrite of the Jeff Hardy storyline. Um, so I'll throw that in at some point, maybe in our Patreon portion, maybe at some point throughout the episode. We got a fun episode for y'all, so we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, bury the lead here. Uh, but yeah, it's the boy um leader of all my niggas hate carry on cross hive um leader of big woo bill goldberg it's time to get hashtag y'all champion bobby lashley out of here hive um leader of uh the new regime wwe is changing a lot the internet wrestling community is giving them a lot of shit for all the changes but i think that is leading to something great and we're going to see what it ends up resulting in fellas how y'all feeling man what is going on? I'm I'm good. I was just telling the guys just before we got this, before I get into the intro, I just want to let y'all know. Um, telling the guys just before we started this shit or whatever, I just got back from some fancy ass shit out in Mexico and shit like that. And I just mm-hmm. I just need you niggas to step your cookies up in life. All right. You need to treat yourself well. What's mm-hmm. good? It's CC, best rapper and producer in the whole wide world, God body, because I consume healthy products and do tell curls, benevolent servant to the earth and philanthropist. And every phrase that I say is a gym like amethyst. You could put me next to any nigga. Dope ass women gonna look at him like who the who who fucking man's is this? I may talk a lot, but I only got one thing to say. Love yourself, keep going. You are the world, so give all you can, take care of your body, your people, and your land. Check, check. Hey, where a chain. Uh, what's going on? It's Chan reporting live from the mid card. I just want you to know we've done it. Uh, balance has been restored. <laughs> Christian Cage is the new Impact TNA oh World my. Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> the mid card has peaked, people. We've done it. The mid card brand has it's the ultimate mid carder as champion. We've done it. The planets have a line. It's time. It's our time. I just want you guys to know those guys who doubted the mid card were like, oh, there's no way that like Christian's going to come back just to do that. No. He stayed true to us. He knew where he knew where his bread is butter. And he's back in the mid card in Nashville facing. Um, I don't fucking know. Um, Brian, the guy who always was all time in WWE. Um, him at emergence. Oh, uh, Brian Myers. AKA Brian Myers. Kurt Hawkins. Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Hawkins. Yep. For the TNA World Heavyweight Championship at emergence. We're back. You know, Chen, <laughs> with that, that ultimate mid carder point, you Christian might be. Like if I, this would be good Patreon content, but since you brought it up, like Christian really might be one of, if not the greatest mid Carter, because like yeah. niggas love Christian. Like I don't know anyone who really dislikes. You a weird nigga if you don't. Yeah, like right. right. Not to like. Yeah, <laughs> but he really only hit that point where he was a world champion because, like Meals and J Five talked about on the SummerSlam two thousand one rewatch. Christian only got the world title because 
Edge retired right after the Mania where he beat Alberto Del Rio. So Christian got it like pity. It was it was a right. pity win. And then right. Randy Orton won it a couple days later. Then that started the whole one more match storyline, which is a really great storyline. They had some great matches there. Anyone who hasn't seen them, I would encourage them. But aside from that and his runs at, as ECW champion, Christian really might be the ultimate mid-carder. Like he never was put above that. He might have got title shots for the world yep. title, but he never won it. He never got a, a run run. So you, you might be making a really, they, really insightful yeah. point there. They never made they tried to they never tried to make him look like the guy, but he's the guy, all of us. Come on, fam. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's kind of like Jeff Hardy. Like, yeah. but 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 Jeff got multiple runs, but yeah. even still. Jeff was that lovable guy who never really hit that that upper echelon aside for some from some few moments, but mm-hmm. everyone still fucked with him and he he performed at a high level. What that's a really good point. That's a really, yeah. really good point. Wow. Right, we got to do wow. a whole episode on that shit. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Christian is next episode. Book it. Book One it. of ours. Yeah. Um, but we wanna we wanna plug our network A Show RNC. Make sure y'all are tapped into our Patreon A Show RNC. Uh, Patreon slash A Show RNC, where you can binge all of the Invasion Diaries episodes. Meals is done with the season. It was an incredible season. I would encourage you all to check that out. You can hear the SummerSlam 2001 rewatch. You can hear a bunch of bonus content from the War Report, from us, the Rewriters Room RNC, of course, from the A Show RNC, and a couple other bonus episodes that we do. We have a very big interview coming up for episode 200. If you do not know who we have by now, you are going to see it on Tuesday if you're subscribed to the Patreon and Wednesday for normal listeners. But it is a big, big, big interview. So shout out to all you who are subscribed. Uh, I'm gonna hand it over to CeCe immediately because he has this point of new age of wrestling. And actually, before you get into that, um, according to uh, according to our chat, you watched your first episode of AEW recently. And we, we are very, <laughs> we, we are very slanderous of AEW on this show, but I want you to share your experiences of watching AEW before we jump into the show. Listen, man, this is why I put this as, as the, uh, the topic for today um, to just to, to kind of get us kicked off. I like the fact that I was sitting there watching it. I had it cast it from my uh, laptop to the TV and I think like my girlfriend or somebody else was like in the room or something at the time. And I was like, yo, I'm just watching this shit like around niggas, like just regularly and it's AEW. I'm like, yo, we at a point where like wrestling is like, you remember like when, you know, it was really at its peak and the attitude era or whatever, where it was a thing where they were culturally known, like they would go on SNL and all that stuff as themselves. They didn't need to be the actors and stuff like that or whatever. We're like... I think we here, like we got to be here. And if we're not here, we like are, it's approaching, it's going to get there. And like, one of the biggest reasons I see that is because of Roman Reigns. Like, look at this dude. Now you can't unsee what you're seeing in this dude right now. It's a wrap. Mm-hmm. He out of here. You know what I mean? And then like, on top of that, it's just like, we get an amazing ass wrestling and there's like a bunch of people who are good. Like if you go, I've been telling the guys this, I've been going back. I've been rewatching raw. I'm on October, the first week of October now or whatever um because i just watched the back uh the back what is it called no the uh in your in your fucking house shit um mm. breakdown or whatever this is where the rock becomes the rock 
this nigga uh, double people's elbow, goddamn Ken Shredden Rock and Mankind in a cage match. That shit was the most fire <laughs> shit I have ever seen. But um, shout out to Ken but, Shamrock. Yeah, right. But the problem is, if you look at that triple threat match, like no offense, but Ken Shamrock was in it. Like you know what I yes. mean? Because he was one of the best that they had at the time. That was the problem. Like they had we like there were a few superstars, and then everyone else was kind of just like you know they wouldn't hold water with the um, no offense, but like you couldn't with the style of what today. I'll say that with the style and what's needed from them today i don't think they could keep up so like i'm thinking about how i felt about that time and like thinking about how it feels now i'm like yo we're in a fucking new age of wrestling like what do you like what do you guys think like do you think like it's getting bigger and bigger or like is it just the thing where i'm just seeing it from one perspective i think one of the things that was clearest to me was like during wwe they made the point of saying the two number one movies in america number one jungle cruise the rock Number two, Suicide Squad, John Cena, who's now getting his own spinoff show. And if you haven't seen Suicide Squad, John Cena's very funny in it. But I think that, like you're saying, I think what's what we're hitting a crest now is that just because of social media and the way things go viral, like you saw with WWE being really loud, WWE and AEW to a certain extent, but they, they have like their own almost like ideological way they view wrestling, I think almost prevents them from doing certain shit. But like WWE wrestlers can go viral. And like they know that now where it's like, oh, if, Bianca Belair just gets caught on one of these, like doing some cool black girl magic shit. That'll go viral completely independent of any type of wrestling. And if we could tap into that, we're straight. Like if we can just get Roman with some fire new Travis Scott shoes, that'll be on speaker sneaker blog now. And that'll give us just more clicks. I think that's really what we're seeing is that like, instead of being, it being like Stone Cold Steve Austin is a cool fucking wrestler. And that's why he's famous. It's like, Oh, the street poppers are just cool. So we just put them in commercials and shit. And people will just know that, Oh, that's that guy. Montez, I don't even know what he does. He's just fucking cool. He's on TikTok doing cool shit. And I think WWE is starting to like tap into that a lot more. Just like making more so just like celebrities out of their wrestlers instead of like having their wrestlers become celebrities. Yeah, I I think another another industry they're dominating is gaming. A bunch of wrestlers are streamers on Twitch. We got Paige, we got uh, Thea Trinidad, aka Zelina Vega, we got Adam Cole, we got The New Day with their up, up, down, 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 stuff like a bunch of wrestlers just like us are nerds who like to game and they use their platforms in wrestling and they transfer them into their gaming. So niggas will sit and watch wrestlers play video games and talk about their lives. AJ Styles will tell people injury updates and life updates through his Twitch. And it's just, it's, you know, at the end of the day, like they use the the, the wrestlers who are really good characters, the Roman Rangers, the John Cena's, the AJ Styles, the Adam Coles, they can use how personable they are in the ring and in their promos, and then kind of use that to um, penetrate other industries as well in acting, in gaming. And, you know, we like those people. So we want to see them do other things besides wrestle in the ring and talk on the mic. So it's, I mean, WWE is absolutely the biggest that it's ever been. I think it's only going to get bigger. I think as Chan said, the rolling loud thing is just a really big example of that. And I'm sure like we have more of that coming. But I can't wait to see what else they do. Like, we had two black women uh, win an ESPY. And Bianca Belair shows up holding the titles. Sasha Banks is there. Like, stuff like that. Bad Bunny was at WrestleMania. Like, Bad Bunny. And then Bad Bunny is is on. And then he's on Saturday Night Live with the 24-7 title as well. Like, it's just, it's stuff like that that shows, one, how, how how much people outside of WWE see how, viable it is to get involved and they want to get involved and then people within wwe are um what's the word i'm looking for transcending it 
and mm-hmm. able to touch these other fields and other industries and win awards and just be like Roman Reigns is getting sneaker interviews on Complex. Like exactly. that's that, that that shit is crazy. So it, absolutely, WWE is the biggest that it's ever been. Um, and wrestling in general, you know, people fuck with the AEW guys. I'm not I'm not too into them, too big into them. But you know, I'm sure at some point they will reach a point where they're getting these opportunities as well. But I had to watch, listen, here's the thing. I had to watch Christian. I, I, I needed to. I was like, yo, I haven't seen a Chris Jericho or a Christian match in so long. And like not in the sense where it's just like I haven't watched one of the old ones. I'm like, nah, these niggas still wrestling. I haven't seen them wrestle. Let me like watch them wrestle for real, for real, whatever. And I watched both of their message and both of these niggas reminded me why they was great in the first place. I was like, y'all niggas still got like you. They know how to tell the story with the wrestling. They know how to do the move the right when Jericho finished his match by his, he has his like discus back elbow move, which is his like finisher shit. Now I guess yeah. this nigga did that shit flying diagonally backwards and then rotated around 360 and hit that nigga with that shit off the top ropes. I've never seen Chris Jericho do no shit like that. This nigga's like 53. Like this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah. I gotta respect that shit. And then seeing Christian hit that fucking DDT again, I was like, oh, it hit, it hit. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. They they, it's they, good. they they smart catching them with this is what WW this was what WCW did to WWE back in the day they got all the nostalgia guys all the people who you just showing up just because you remember them from when you was a kid and it's fucking working yeah mm-hmm. yeah one hundred percent so with that let us jump into our pre write of the last few weeks of wrestling we are heading into. SummerSlam, which is going to be a super, super exciting event. It's really heating up, um, not to be punny, because it is the summer, and it's a hot-ass summer right now. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll start with mine. So um, I want to talk about 3-1 leads. Now, we know back in 2016, the Golden State Warriors had a 3-1 lead on the Cleveland Cavaliers, but the Cleveland Cavaliers came back to win the NBA okay. Finals. We've seen a bunch of 3-1 leads. We saw the Denver Nuggets last year overcome two 3-1 leads to make it to the Western Conference Finals. And right now, I want to talk about Bill Goldberg, who currently has a 2-1 lead. Now, he returned in 2017, defeated Kevin Owens for the Universal title. He returned in 2020, defeated The Fiend for the Universal title. Then he returned Royal Rumble 2021, lost to Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. So he's 2-1 right now. I believe that Bill Goldberg is about to go up 3-1. I'm I'm saying it now, book it. Bill Goldberg is going to defeat Bobby Lashley. Now, there's two two things that are motivating me to say this. One, I'm tired of Bobby Lashley's reign. It is far too similar to his U.S. title reign where he's defeating everybody. He's just, he's this big dominant wrestler. And it's good. Like, it's really good for Bobby to be at this position where he's actually – being treated like he's important. He's got MVP next to him, who's a very great mouthpiece for him. We've talked about the Hurt Business, Bobby Lashley, MVP a lot. Um, But it's kind of just like, there's really no one else for him. Like, I don't think Keith Lee is at the point where they would put him in that position. Damian Priest looks like he's about to get the U.S. title. Riddle and uh, Randy Orton, you know, they just had a little spat on Raw, but I think they're going to get it together and fight for the Raw tag team titles. But like, there's no one for... Bobby right now and I guess we would have to do some fancy booking to decide if Goldberg won where would he go next but like I'm I'm really not into Bobby's reign like I I tweeted this maybe a week ago Bobby's been champion for five months now and I think that Kofi Kingston's WWE title reign 
was it was better than Bobby Lashley's WWE title reign has been. I think, you know, Kofi's moment was way bigger than Bobby Lashley's moment was. And of course, Kofi's moment was at WrestleMania. So that's always going to be bigger than winning it on a Raw. But Kofi throughout his reign, like he, 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 he was booked well as a baby face. He had some really intriguing feuds. He had KO, Ziggler, Randy Orton, uh, Samoa Joe, someone else who I can't think of right now. Um, Bobby, he's had Drew. He's had the Drew and Braun match. He destroyed Kofi at Money in the Bank. But I haven't seen his character evolve enough. Like the most interesting evolution we saw was when he was like, yo, forget the girls, forget all this. Like it's back to business. And like he cut one of his better promos. It still wasn't that good to me, but it was a better promo for him. But I'm just at the point now where I'm tired of it. And if he were to beat Goldberg, I really don't know where he would go next. And if he, if they did find an opponent for him, it would probably end the same way that most of his matches have ended previously. You know, with Drew McIntyre, when he won the title, people were questioning him. They're like, oh, can Drew do this? He gave us a good match with Seth, a good match with Bobby, good, good matches with Dolph Ziggler, good matches with Randy Orton, lost title Orton, got it back. It was like Drew elevated his character, elevated his promos. He elevated everything. And, and people were questioning him. And in the same way, people were like, oh, Bobby got it. Good. He finally got it. I don't think people were questioning Bobby as much, but it's at the point now where it's like, yo, this is, this is getting old. This is getting tired to me. So I think that Bill Goldberg is going to go over. Um, I think it'll be a pretty quick match, but I think Bill is going to take a 3-1 lead in his returns for world title matches. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Question. Um, so do you think that when Triple H faces Goldberg at WrestleMania now, do you think that would be an unsanctioned match or <laughs> Hell in a Cell match? Because that's the only way that is. If uh, Goldberg gets that belt, that's the only way that's coming off him, bro. Because there's I'm looking at Raw roster now. There's no one else who could beat Goldberg realistically. Like, you don't even have The Fiend anymore. You ha- you'd have to be like Randy Orton, which is like, I guess. But I feel like they're not going to run that match. Like, there's really no one who would actually face Goldberg who you'd actually want to see at that point. I think that they could get the title off of Goldberg by like they'll use money in the bank. So they'll use that. But I mean Big Riddle. Big E, Big, Big E still got his briefcase, even though Baron stole it. Yeah. I don't, I don't like on the one hand, because Big E dreams of that Goldberg match. Like it, it would be dope to see Big E cash it in on Goldberg. I think we talked about that um our last episode, but I think they could get it off of Goldberg by Survivor Series. Perhaps Keith Lee could be ready by then. He's still got to get in shape. I know he put out his YouTube video talking yeah. about his health and all that. Awesome so first, think, but, yeah, sure. uh, love, love Keith Lee. Glad he's good. Glad he's back. Wishing him the best. I think by Survivor Series, they could get it off Goldberg. Um, so I'd, I I don't know. And I, I would have to think a bit more about what they could do to get it off of him. But I'm just... Bobby's not it for me, man. He's 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 really Come not on. it. Like I've, I've, I've given him a chance, but he's not it, man. You know they're not passing up Spear versus Spear Survivor Series. Why are you even saying that, dog? That they're not like they're not passing that. Well, up. it's it's two Spears. There's Goldberg Roman or there's Bobby Roman. You could go either way. I would prefer Goldberg Roman at Survivor Series. To that's what they're gonna do. That's what they about to do. That's fine by me. So <laughs> if if you don't give it up, by Survivor, maybe ooh, and you know what? Maybe Survivor Series. And I think I booked this. For Big E, no, I, I, no, I wanted him to cash in by like TLC, but Survivor Series, Roman Goldberg go at it, super physical match. Roman wins, but go- Goldberg beats his ass. Big E cashes in then on either one of them. Like that, that'd be fire. That'd be that fire. could be cool. That could be cool. I'm like, if Goldberg were to win and keep it to Survivor, I'm not mad at that. I like Goldberg. I, he could keep it as long as he wants, but 
Yeah, I just I don't I, I don't want to see Bobby have it any longer, <laughs> man. I'm tired of it. I'm really tired. Nah, he's gotta drop it. He's gotta drop it. He's gonna he's gotta yeah. drop it. It's time. Yeah. You know what the so like the problem with that situation is you described something really, really well when you're saying that um Kofi had great feuds. So there's one. And then two, when you're talking about Drew had great matches, Bobby lacks both of those. And the reason why he does is because of the monster character. And he never has, even though this guy does it too much, he never has the John Cena Hulk Hogan moment where you're seeing him down and the chips are out and he comes back. Drew is fucking like six, eight, and he'll sell that shit going up against an AJ Styles. Like, come on, fam. Like, you can't, it don't make no sense or whatever. Like, so that's like what it is. And and if it's going to be the case that you do have a monster gigantic character or whatever, you don't have to like make him like, you know, um, have to sell to like little niggas and shit like that, whatever. You can have him still be monstrous, but Godzilla can fucking punch King Kong and that shit would hurt. So all you need to do is put another big person there. Oh, but who do we fucking get rid of? Braun Strowman. So we can't do that just as he was hitting his fucking stride. And for some reason, we gave him a your stupid thing with Shane. That You know what? Now that I'm looking back on the fact that he isn't there anymore, I'm starting to read into that. What the fuck was that about? I mean, he ain't anywhere else, too. So think about yeah. that. Yeah, it looks, looks like he's coming back. <laughs> but they have his merch back on the website. So the thing is, like though, it's like... You have to keep like you keep people like him around. Like if you look at Mark Henry's career, Mark Henry knew like he knew he was like, oh, I can play like this role or whatever. He knew where to take it. He was like, sometimes I can like make it monstrous at times or I can make it super fucking silly at times. And I can kind of go fluidly through both. And I can like when I need to be the monster all the time, I can't. When he when he uh, slams John Cena after giving the speech, man, mm-hmm. Bobby's ne- if Bobby keeps going how he's going and never progresses, he's never gonna have a moment like that. Oh, well, I like watched that. I rewatched. What that moments has he like, had? So what moments has he had? Like, and granted, it was it was just months. the one you talked about—the back to business or whatever. And it would have been better if he would have just said less and literally just fucked everything up. Looked MVP in the eyes, or whatever. Stared at him for like maybe like goddamn thirty seconds, and just, and then just said back to business and then like yeah. put the mic down and walked out even something as simple as that but it's the fact that like i know mvp could talk and maybe he trying to give him the game but however it is that they coaching him how to talk my nigga y'all gotta switch the shit up because it's, it's just not working bro it's not hidden it's just not working and you need he need to have something with his talking because his matches is just beating niggas asses so something yeah. got to be interesting about it yeah man yeah so that's that's my point well, what you, what got, you feeling chan uh, so my point is more of just a meta commentary on wrestling in general. So as we were talking about uh, AEW Rampage appeared on Friday, well, I guess it'll be two Fridays now when you're hearing this. Um, but one thing about the show that a lot of people didn't realize, it's an hour long, um, which I think is a great idea. I think NXT should have stayed an hour. I think Raw should be two hours. I think, obviously, there's a whole commercial shit, and they're just not, that's like never going to happen. Like, I'm not that delusional. But one of the things I say about AEW, and that's someone who watches it fairly regularly, and I do slander it religiously, but one thing to their credit, they are very good at tapping into what wrestling fans want and simply just giving them that. They don't appeal to a wider base of people outside of wrestling. It's a lot of, like, inside jokes. You have to know a lot about, like, historical feuds and shit, but they appeal to that. So they know wrestling fans like sort of shows. They like shows that have a bunch of high moments are done. Even during, like, the pandemic, um, one of the best parts about the pay-per-views is that they would be like five matches. They'd be like four, they'd be very quick, they'd be very poignant. There weren't a lot of like random 
Cesaro versus Ricochet matches in the card. It was very streamlined, very to the point. Um, we don't need that Cesaro slander, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. We don't need that. We don't need that. I'm just saying. It's not anymore. <laughs> but um, I think that is something that I think we do, I do appreciate a lot about wrestling. So I'm very interested to see, are they going to keep it at one hour? Because also the thing is, it starts at 10 o'clock at night. And so, like, they're probably not going to push it to two hours, have it go until midnight on a Friday night. That's a bit much to ask for, like, any wrestling fan to do because it's an East Coast show, so it is legitimately till midnight. Um, but I do think it's an interesting thing of, like, what if we just have this shorter show that kind of just hits the highlights, get in, get out type thing. Um, I'm very interested to see if they keep that going, kind of what the ratings look like with that because it's interesting because, like, Dynamite is a direct competitor to, like, other eight other WWE shows, but, like, Rampage is not being, like, you know build is that like it's not like smackdown versus rampage like that's not a thing um and so i am interested to see kind of if they keep this one hour model what they do with like some of the other shows i just think it's interesting kind of with a lot of stuff going longer adding more shows they're kind of going the other way of like let's start a bit smaller so i think it's interesting yeah uh i mean again i don't watch but i do know like when smackdown was terrible it for part of 2020 and for the years it was terrible it's like man it would be so great if this was just a shorter show and they just like had the focus was the matches you know you you had some promos here and there but like you didn't force us to sit through two hours to get to the stuff we really wanted to see same with raw now that i remember when raw made it shift to three hours when i was young i was like oh this is cool like more wrestling and then as i've gotten older and come to really appreciate everything about it aside from the wrestling i'm like I didn't need this long promo. I didn't need this backstage segment. I don't need all this fluff. Like, just give us what we want to see. So, I mean, that that is that is a dope thing AEW is doing. And I think that they have that freedom to do it because they are a bit newer. They're not like they're on a, a big network, but they're not they're not as big as WWE. They might not have all the right. commercial spots necessary and all the sponsorships. And they might not, they clearly don't feature all the talent that they should, despite the fact they're hoarding no. it. So, so it's <laughs> like, so it, it works for them. It's it's a good like uh secondary thing to dynamite and to all their dark shows on youtube and all that so i, I do think that is cool i, I don't know if I, i'll ever turn, tune in so i'm speaking never. On, on, never on the time period of it um but i i do think that's cool and you know I, um that's that's dope for them that they're able to do that and i think most wrestling fans would like that but when you really understand like what being a global entity entails like one hour of programming just isn't yeah isn't realistic for what we watch primarily as WWE. So yeah, and it sucks because the SmackDown two hour is the perfect show. By the time it's done, I'm like, this is all right. I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm about done with wrestling for the night. <laughs> this yeah. is perfect. So thank you. Good meal. But, done. Um, yeah. All right. No, that's a great segue into what I uh, I wanted to talk about. And Armand mentioned this or whatever. And um, I I don't really be on the internet like that, so I only see some of the news or whatever. But you could you could usually see just a glimpse and know what the whole picture is um, if you know how how businesses work. And I know a little bit about how they work in the background. And it's just weird how NXT is just getting trashed just because niggas is upset that nigga other niggas is doing numbers. Like what it is like really my nigga like. Bruh, I don't understand this. Like, I just don't get it. I'm like, NXT, like, you know, I, I don't know everything about what Triple H and Shawn Michaels and everybody else did, 
did and do um, on a day-to-day and overall or whatever. But what I do know is I've watched NXT go for some shit that I was like, I'm not watching that to something where it's just like, oh man, I fucking missed it tonight. Like, bruh, that shit means something. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you got, you basically have the opportunity to create, you like, here's what, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give everybody listen to this, uh, some free game or whatever. Most of what you see, if it looks like competition, it's one person selling two things because they're trying to get double on you. When in the 90s, there were two groups, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. They had the same fucking Same producer, label, yeah. In the same label. <laughs> like, that shit, it was set up to look like they're supposed to be going against each other. Now, the reason why that worked is because people, like, love competition. There's, like, certain things that psychologically people are into, and, like, competitiveness is kind of that. That's why we like sports. You just want to see who's the best, you know, kind of thing. Okay, understanding that about psychology, and I know Vince understands a lot about psychology because he runs wrestling fans, and that's what you need to do to do it. Nigga, why don't you just go, oh, there, I have a threat. Why don't I just invest more into NXT and then make them bigger than that? Since they love indie wrestling so much, I'll make this like the indie wrestling show that they were trying to be, take all their fans, and now they're gone. You see how fucking easy that would have been and how how much more money you would have made and how much everybody would have won? But no, yo ass got pissy because you only threw a couple dollars at the bitch in the first place or whatever, and people couldn't take that shit and spend it to more go or whatever. So I just feel like... That shit is stupid as fuck. They missed out on hella money. A hella wrestlers is about to um, have like way different ass careers just because of that shit. And that was like one of those small moments where they made a little petty ass kind of decision. And that shit, honestly, I really think it's going to fuck them over in the future. And it's funny because it's going to lead right into our, re- our free right or whatever. So our free right for- Actually, I have a point to make. I have a conspiracy theory that's drop. Oh, I've, oh, I've been no, thinking about this it. for some time. I think, and this is a really conspiracy theory, I think Vince is purposely trying. This is like really deep in the city. And this probably isn't directly true, but I think there's some truth to it. Yeah. I think something in Vince's mind is that like, you are going to think you can sign all of these people and make this shit work and you can't. And he's like, he's like setting them up to fail where it's like, oh yeah, no, think you can do all this stuff. You think I can do Braun Strowman. I can do Andrade. I can do Alistair. No, you sign every single one of them. And like our mom was saying, you don't have half of them on television. And it, you, like what boy said, this is one of the truest quotes in life. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And I think that is what Vince is setting up AW for. He's like, yeah, you guys think this shit is sweet because y'all new, y'all cute, y'all the new bitch at school, you're the new popping freshman. But by the time you a fucking junior, everybody gonna be sick of y'all shit. And you think that like people are sick of me because I've been around. Like I've been around long enough for y'all to hate me. You haven't been around long enough to hate. You've been here for two years. And I think part of his calculus is that like, okay, yeah, you can hypothetically sign CM Punk, but eventually CM gonna get sick of y'all shit just like he got sick of my shit. Like you can sign Daniel Bryant, but eventually you have to pay him a bunch of fucking money. And he, you know, he gonna get bored because he's wrestling fucking Cody Rhodes every fucking week. Like I think part of the calculus is that like, you guys think this shit is easy because you're wrestlers and you think you know every damn thing, but you don't. And like yeah. he's setting, I think he's giving them a just enough rope to hang themselves where it's like, eventually you're not going to be able to afford all this shit. Like you just can't pay all these wrestlers. Not the way you think you can. And like the shit where like you're in AAA, like triple up, triple mania, you're in TNT impact. Like eventually they're not going to want you running their programming. Like you yeah. heard about this shit this week with Kenny Omega not being able to drop the belt. Like eventually yeah. that kind of shit will turn on you. And that's what I think Vince is like, no, you guys think you have all this leeway now, but that runs out real fast, my boy. And like, if you keep letting Kenny Omega go over people, you keep letting Young Bucks over people, you keep mm-hmm. not having no wrestlers of colors on your show, like mm-hmm. people, get, people get sick to that shit. And I just, I think yeah. that is tr- truly something he's like giving, like 
it's we're, we're going to reach that point, maybe not this year, but in a few years, if things don't turn a tide, I think that will start to be the narrative around AEW. And yeah, Chan, I, I you, you gave me my bad, CC. Uh, no, Chan, yeah, you gave me like you gave me two points to piggyback off of because I want to, you know, a lot of people are questioning NXT and all of the releases and the people that are moving up and what NXT is doing. And, you know, NXT reached a point in 2019 where they got the USA deal. They're on TV now. Like NXT used to be exclusively on the network. Prior to that, they were on TV, but they were more of a game show type thing. So NXT reached a point where they were, they were network. They were the third brand. And, and at points throughout their run as the third brand, they were the most interesting brand for me, at least. Best wrestling. Like, you remember when they got involved in Survivor Series? I'm like, Friar. just because it didn't go perfect the first time. I'm like, first of all, the first, like, I've watched, like I said, I've watched the old shit. The shit that you didn't used to be perfect or whatever. You can't look yeah. at some shit not being perfect the first time. And just, I think, so that's the, I think that's the other thing, Shannon, in addition to everything you said. I think he, because Vince has been around for so long, he just think, I like I, I really think he just kind of thinks like, oh, this shit just like, yeah, it should go right the first time. If it don't, then, you know, blah, 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 because, you know, why wouldn't it like with all my experience and all of our experience, all these people who've been working on it, why will we not know what we're doing? And that's yeah. like where that shit where you got to like kill your ego because it will fuck mm-hmm. you oh, over yeah. when you're not yeah. paying attention to what the real story is. And the real story is you were just sitting around letting your uh, your son-in-law um, help your company out by doing some extra shit and it fucking turned into a whole ass third stream of revenue for you like yeah. that's a blessing my nigga bro <laughs> that's and, a come up what are you talking and about i mean <laughs> like we have to look at the current makeup of wwe now roman reigns was in nxt kevin owens nxt finn balor nxt Shinsuke. corbin nxt shinsuke we could go on sasha and NXT, charlotte Bianca, sasha, nxt Bailey. charlotte yeah Bro, like all of Everyone. these current superstars now <laughs> Street are products of NXT. Yeah. Street pro- yeah. So there's a Bianca. proven track record of success. So seeing all these NXT people who were there for longer than they should have been leave is having all these people like, oh, they're wild and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, at the end of the day, you have to filter talent out because these people are ready to be on that main stage. But like NXT at its core is really just a televised OVW or, or FCW. Yes. It, it's just bigger because WWE is bigger. They can afford to have a, a third brand like ECW, but it's a bit more serious and it runs more similarly to Raw and SmackDown. But it's 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 that like farm system, like the, the G League in, in the NBA or or the minor leagues in, in the MLB, where people are you know getting their shit together there and then they come up. And I think that's one of the dangers that Chan kind of alluded to in AEW Impact, where these wrestlers have too much creative control because wrestlers are always going to think, oh, I should be at the top. This Uh, this is how it should run. When you have people who are removed from the ring and they're booking the shows and they recognize, oh, that person's a star. We have to push them this way. Let's have them lose there. And then they're going to win this one. That wrestler. All right, let's cool them down for a bit. Let's bring them back at this moment. So it's bigger. When you have people removed from it who are like moving the pieces around, it runs a lot better than this wrestler who thinks, nah, I gotta be at the top for two years now. Like Kenny Omega or or Young Bucks or or the Elite. Like it's it's like you gotta look, all these wrestlers who leave WWE, they reference it as oh, I was stuck in a prison. It's like, no, you're part of this business. 
where you're not the you're not the biggest thing right now. You're not going to get what you want at the time. But if you look at wrestlers like Keith Slater, who who stayed down, got himself multiple tag team title reigns. You look at Cesaro, stay, stayed down, got himself a our truth with with Roman longevity. Our truth, I have longevity, longevity here. God, our truth stayed down. Yeah, got he made gold dust look like a uh, look like a you know a little temporary joint. He said four hundred one k plan, my nigga. It's Man. like, bro, the, these these wrestlers are complaining about getting paid to be in catering, but it's like you're not gonna be in catering forever. As long as you use the moments you get to show yourself, you're gonna get those storylines. But they have a lot of talent, and like it's a business. Like wh- whoever is bringing in the money is going to be featured more often. So what do you have to do? Step your game up. Don't complain. Don't say that you were misused, mismanaged, you were underrated, all this. No, you have to be the type of person that Vince McMahon, when he watches SmackDown, he's like, oh, this person, why are they on at 8.30? They should be on at 10 p.m. They should be in the main event with Roman Reigns. This person on Raw, why are they on at 8.30 p.m.? They should be main eventing Raw. They should be, they shouldn't be pre-show at Money in the Bank. They should be right before the main event at Money in the Bank. Like all, all, all these wrestlers are treating it like it's this it's this like the, the, this place where they're they're creatively stifled, and it's like, bro, there are other people besides yeah. you. And and it's, and if you were running the show, WWE would fail because right. you really don't know what you're doing. You just think you should be the star, and realistically, you shouldn't be. I'm sorry, Buddy Murphy, you're not bigger than Roman Reigns. You're not bigger than Drew McIntyre. You're not even bigger than King Corbin or a broke boy Oops. Corbin. Like you're not. That, that's just the reality. You're yeah, not. Damn, he's so not even. Talk- whoa, 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 you say, yo. You can't just like say some cold shit like that to somebody and just like <laughs> by it. You say he not even colder, like he not bigger than motherfucking broke boy Corbin. Damn, broke boy Cor- it, it Corbin just got is. here a month ago. Look, look, <laughs> Corbin's beginning to check for what seven years now for what for constantly being someone they want to yeah. feature on TV. Whether he's been the lone wolf, whether he's been the console, whether he's been he was king of the ring for two years. No one's gotten that long of a reign as king of the ring. There was yeah. a reason King Corbin got that shit. So like people are so critical and so questioning of what WWE is doing, but it's like, yo, look at the material, look at all these opportunities they're getting running shit the way they run. Of yeah. course they gotta adjust. They're not perfect. There are things that they're they could do better, but Yo, when you have wrestlers running the shit, you get AEW, you get Impact, you get Triple Mania, you get all all these other things. When you have people who are not in the ring, not personally invested in themselves and their success, you get what we see in the WWE. Yeah, and it's two things. We can go after this. It's like two point exactly. It's like it's not even about like wrestling. This is true across any industry. It's how in sports when niggas talk about playing with LeBron. Yeah, shit was stifling. He was yelling at you, Mario Chalmers. But how many rings you got? Like what I, you was playing with LeBron, right? So and then when y'all Kyrie Irving, you went to the Celtics. What happened? He said, "Man, shit wasn't so sweet as I thought it was." And also, oh, LeBron, think about and apologize. <laughs> apologize. <laughs> like, come on. The knee. Come and on. also, it's like, who are all these people that like Vince has let go who popped? Like, where, where, who are all these people who I'm like Vince is like, yeah, like I fucked up on that one. Like that, that, that I don't know who that is either. Where it's like, oh, I can't believe he let XYZ go. It's like, but like okay who what's he gonna do like there's no evidence that like oh i really fucked up you know scorpio sky should have kept that guy right like no one's ever said that no no one's ever been like oh man that cody rhodes you uh you missed the you missed the diamond rough he's actually leading on the new justice league movie events you fucked it up like that's never happened all these niggas they piss and moan go to another promotion win a title drop it and then come home yeah. That's that's how it goes. That's fine. But like this, all this rigmarole, you talking as if like Vince is staying up at night worrying about Bronson Reed. He's not. 
He's not. He's, he's, not, <laughs> he's, he's not. not, bro. He's not worrying about Yo, what if, bro. He's not. That's, he's that's, not worried it about ain't, it ain't nothing Miro. to cut that bitch off. It ain't <laughs> nothing to cut that he's bitch off. He's not worried off. about Miro. He's not thinking about the TNT championship. He's like, oh, that's cute. Like, I'm glad he got that. Good for him. That's what he wanted. I'm glad. Like, he's not worried about that shit. We can move on. I'm sorry. I just had to say yeah, that. That was, great. that was a great exactly, segment. You use exactly what is we used to segue to the next segment. What if? So that's so that's what I was thinking about. Like I and I wanted to make one more point, um, which is that if you ever listen to because I watch a lot of interviews and even Edge talks this way in Roman. If you notice all the people who are successful, they talk this way. They use this term. They don't say wrestling. They say the business business because they understand. But um, they understand that they're doing a job at work. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, with that being said, you know, when you're doing your job at work, a lot of times you think like, OK, is this company the kind of mo- kind of company that can only make money by treating everybody shitty and like we just kind of got to be here or whatever? Or is this company the kind of company where, you know, life can be good in this motherfucker? We feel like we all getting what we need and we balling at the same time. So in my head, I'm always thinking if you build a company, right, you could build it in that second way or whatever. It just take a lot of work, you know, and you got to think certain ways or whatever. It just take a lot of brain power and, and tension and, and good design and stuff like that. But it can be done. But WWE is what it is. It's run by who it's run by. It's where it, it's at. It has a lot at stake at this point, And you can't just experiment with it. So I was thinking just like uh um i don't even know can i say the name or are they gonna sue me just like marvel uh uh, (laughs) show or whatever i'm thinking what if so like if you notice there's a lot of like wrestlers who we thought were like even about to take that jump they're not being used or whatever or um they're not like even the way they're being used on other promotions is just like ah he could be bigger than this or she could be doing something better than that um so i was just thinking what if they these wrestlers kind of had their own indie league? All these people who we're seeing, the ones that are not even leaving the company, but the ones that are kind of there and they're in places where we don't like them. And we were just like, man, I hope I can see them doing something else, you know, just like the show. So it's like, you know, maybe they can be, you know, this version of themselves somewhere else, but like at just as big in a way as they could have been in the WWE. So it's like, my idea was like, what if they had their own new like indie league? And it's like, could you see that happening? And the way that this would go is they would run it like very similar to wwe it's just that they would be more focused on telling like overall good story right storylines and being consistently good at doing it like kind of over and over again so that you feel like you're watching like a one long soap opera like like i got family members who don't watch general hospital for 30 years or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> like they keep coming back the same damn near the same damn you know story every cycle or whatever but you keep coming back because you know they just know how to like just keep you on coming like hanging on and hanging on so i was thinking like for me that's like the best kind of storytelling like when the austin and rock shit was going on that shit was crazy like when triple h gets into it with anybody he makes sure that the story that's being told is fucking crazy randy is really good at it edge is really good at it drew's starting to get really good at it um as long as they can throw people um throw people at them but what if we had an end league that was like basically based on that run that way had all the uh funding that it needs to do it knew how to uh build its their business so that whenever they're putting their shows they're making as much money as they can and they're grabbing new audiences like they're really paying attention to this they're looking at this in all these different kind of ways and really bringing experienced people in right and it's like so like imagine this like exists or whatever so like 
what would that be like? Like, could you could you see that? Like, could you guys even see that happening? Like, who would you who would you even see in that league? You know, I definitely think I think you what you'd have to do is you'd have to make it much more like. And I thought I think there's definitely an opportunity for this too with something like Netflix, where you'd have to shoot it almost in seasons and you drop it on Netflix. Mm. I've always thought there's an opportunity to have wrestling on streaming and just do it like that where it's like finish finish hold on you gotta shut up we gotta we might have to cut this part <laughs> out. hold on nigga. yeah hold on yeah. wait a second but yeah i've always thought you could do that. netflix partner with wwe get a it can even be niggas not even really on the show like on like on, in feuds and they can just get them for a couple mm. you know much shoot some shit it'd be like one season banging it out one kind of long storyline it could be like a tournament type Yo, shit like maybe that's what they got playing with out. peacock they might because they didn't already put out you know they already got other shows that are not wrestling shows they didn't yeah. already do broken skull sessions all that yeah so maybe what they were doing were like all right let's just practice you know shooting shows that you know we got to shoot and have seasons and they had great moments like i like i don't give a fuck what i say or think about the nigga at the end of the day vince like addressing the internet rumors about him and christian on the christian the edge shit yeah. was fucking hilarious it was so beautiful, like that that no. fourth wall moment, like having content like that and like dropping your your shows in that way. That would be far. Yeah, no, that's a really good idea. But I'm thinking about it. I'm like Peacock is trying to be like one of those things. Maybe that's yes. what, and people have been saying like, oh, maybe WWE is going to like sell themselves to them. And it's just like, oh, no, no, no. Maybe it's, it's that they're like really building that great partnership where it's just like, OK, this is I put my content out through it's like they're using Peacock as their like um their digital content host. Yeah, that's like that's just their sole one. And I think that yeah, you know what? Now I'm starting it makes a lot of sense because you're gonna make a lot of more money from advertising on Peacock than you would from mm-hmm. on it's NBC, so, baby. That's, 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 that's what national, baby. Because you have to pay for the version without yeah. advertisements. I know that because yeah. I hate advertisements so much that I dropped the extra bread yeah. on that. <laughs> but but for everybody else, you seeing like fifty thousand state farm commercials a month, and that's insurance money, nigga. That is real, mm-hmm. real money. So if those are the ads that are going on there versus you seeing some weird shit on USA. Or whatever. <laughs> you don't like the Ms. and Maurice commercials? You don't like that? You don't like the Mr. and Ms. commercials? <laughs> you don't get the fuck. But no, but yeah, no, that makes sense. That's a good point, Shane. That's a good point. Yeah. What about you, Armand? Uh, uh yeah, no, I, I I think that's something that's definitely viable. I mean, you look at main event and 205 Live. They're on Hulu. People don't care. Like WWE tweets about never have. Never WWE have. doesn't even tweet about main event. They tweet 205 Live shit, but like I don't no one really cares like there's no one on 205 live that is that draw where it's like oh shit let me tune into 205 live this week main event you know it's the people that don't make it to raw or smackdown so they're gonna be featured on main event and that's kind of their tryout area so I, I think that's something that's definitely viable within wwe and i think outside of wwe i think that's something that could work as well i just had this idea like you know because the internet wrestling community they love wrestlers in certain ways that the business doesn't love certain wrestlers. So you could have like this internet wrestling association where like it's all engagement based, it's fan based, fans vote for everything. And so I see a situation where like Jeff Hardy is the first champion for the internet wrestling association. And then you have someone like Dolph Ziggler who is like, he's never really gonna be that guy on that brand, but he's gonna be a good first challenger for Jeff Hardy and a good person to be on the show to put people over and just be in different storylines. And then someone like Bronson Reed, who a lot of people were upset that NXT let him go. 
He's someone who you could build up on another promotion and build him up to be either a face or heel that ultimately takes the throne from Jeff Hardy and finally um, takes a title and then leads your brand for a bit. And then other people will come along like Andrade was an Internet darling. He's someone mm. who you could put in that situation. Um, I wouldn't say Braun Strowman was an Internet darling. He's someone that people actually hated, but you can use hate to build good programming this as is well. What I'm saying yeah. so you could put Braun Strowman in those situations like there's a um, Bobby Fish who just got released. Um, Mercedes Mar- Martinez, like, yeah, you can let Bobby go, you can let Bobby go, but there's people on these brands on AEW that aren't being used enough on impact yeah, that aren't being used point. enough that yeah. you could bring into this, this world, this internet wrestling world where the internet wrestling community who wants so much for these people, even Bray Wyatt, like, you know, I, I know Chan's a huge fan, so like, no disrespect, but like, you know, Bray, like Bray had his moments, but he, he, like he he got let go for a reason ultimately. Like there's always budget cuts, but there are some people who always surpass the budget budget cuts and make it through. Bray got released for a reason. Someone like Bray, who everyone's like, he deserved more, he could do more. You could put him in that situation and let him be the big dog there and see what he could do there. So like there, there's a lot of opportunity for these these promotions to really like because I know WWE listens to the fans. We wouldn't have gotten a Daniel Bryan run without. WWE listening to the fans, Becky Lynch, Kofi Kingston, like situations like those. We wouldn't have gotten that without WWE knowing how appreciated these people were. But not everyone is going to get a run like that. Cesaro is another internet darling. He's never going to get a Daniel Bryan run. He's never going to get a Kofi run. He's never going to get a Becky Lynch type run. But you put him in a situation like that where like fans actually have the control, the the, the universe actually has the control, and he could become a superstar somewhere else. So I think there's something that's definitely viable. I mean, is it realistic? Would WWE fully do a show that's controlled by fans? Nah, but these other promotions, it's something that they should look into. Because like I said, letting wrestlers control the show, the wrestlers who really have the most control are always going to be at the top. Cody Rhodes is always going to be facing a, a newcomer that they should get a better storyline. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I definitely... It's something that would be viable within certain niche communities. I just don't know if it would be like, I don't know if that would ever become a global entity where the fans have that much control. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like what you talk about a lot with just in general her life. Like there's the real world and there's Twitter. So there's like wrestling, internet, mm-hmm. fandom. Then there's like the kids who buy the t-shirts and the belts who obviously don't tweet all day, but that's who drives some of your decisions as well. And I think you would appease the the louder, usually wrestling online community who I think sometimes almost like out of just like a response is like feels neglected because decisions are made. It's like, yeah, it's not about y'all. Like, I don't give a yeah. fuck what y'all want to do. Like, yeah. it's not about the, the 28 year olds. This is about the eight year olds. Like, this is about the kids. And I think yeah. that would satisfy that crowd who's always like clamoring for like, oh, what about like Monsoor? It's like, yeah, yeah, but like Goldberg sells tickets. So we're going to do that. Like, and, and I, think, I think that's something that frustrates me the most about adult wrestling fans is they forget what it was like to be a kid wrestling fan. When I was a kid and Brock Lesnar was on top and then he lost, I, w- I was emotionally hurt by that shit. But I, I I stayed to see what was next. Like I wasn't buying merch as a kid, but like I know I see kids all the time, wrestling shirts, hats, all the different accessories. It's like yeah. you're as an adult, you you understand the business a bit more. You can predict what's gonna happen, but 
they're not always looking to appease the 28 year old who sits in his basement no. and watches <laughs> wrestling all the time. They're looking to appease the people who show up to the shows who are holding up signs, who are excited about this. So you the and your families. Twitter takes, yeah. you and your Twitter <laughs> takes don't have as much power as you think they do. Like nah. they're looking to please the people or make them upset that are actually coming to the show and really <laughs> buying them games on their phones. Yeah, yeah, man. Like shit like that. So that, that that's kind of an aside, but that's something that really frustrates me about how these adult fans can seem so dense sometimes. They're like, oh, why is this happening? Why do you think this is happening? Why well, well, why is why is Nikki Ash a superstar? Because <laughs> kids, kids love, love shit. Yeah, what are like, talking what? about? It's not for us. This, this segment's not for us, though. Like, you know it's how fine. many Halloween costumes they're about to sell? I'm saying, Come dog. Come on. How many girls they're going to show? I, they'll do a promo. It'll be a bunch of little girls in the Nikki Ash costumes at home. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. You know how much merch Rick Boogs is about to fucking just send out the door? It's just like you got to remember shit like that. People it's like the New Day. Like it was all fun and games till Vince saw them receipts. He saw they buying these shits. Huh. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> said, huh. gotta, so y'all really remember. like this pancake nonsense. Huh. All right. <laughs> I'll let y'all have this thing for a little bit longer. But yeah, it, it's, it's called WWE, not yeah. just WW, niggas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what Vince should be saying to these niggas. But yeah, um, and the last thing, last question I want to ask y'all just in this little uh, free ride segment, and um, I don't want this to be a thing where we get into it. Honestly, I'll, this is, here's how I want this to go. I want you to list your answers, leave it at that. And if anybody who listening um, want to know more, y'all going to have to get with us on Twitter to find out why we said what we said. So um, here's my here's my question I'm going to ask to y'all and then they, we all going to give our answers so y'all can hear them because this is going to be beautiful. <laughs> it's uh, So here's the prompt. Name one wrestler who you think is nearing their career end, one who is about to go into greatness and one that you just now realizing like, oh, shit, they never going to be anything, but just like kind of just around. Who want to go first? Well, I, I already gave mine, but just to rehash, uh, Jeff Hardy, he's he, he's been incredible throughout his career. He'll be over anywhere he goes, even if he yeah. can't wrestle like he used to. Yo, did y'all watch Raw on Monday when it looked like he wanted to go for the Swanton Bomb, but he just hit a splash on carry-on? I, yeah, like, I was like, yo, you look like you wanted to flip, but you realize you you ain't have that flip in you. I was, I was like, yo, I've never felt so old, bro. I said, damn, Jeff, you really losing it, huh? Jeff, damn, it, it, might, it might be it. It might be it. Um, damn, like, and then someone on the precipice of greatness who was unfortunately released, who I did like, like, you know, people who have been like, that's the thing about when you get released from WWE is like, some people are like, oh, you deserve more. Other people are like, mm, he wasn't that good. I think Bronson Reed was as good as he seemed in NXT. He got a cool North American title run, cool storylines. He was good in ring. He could have used a, a better finisher, but he, he was good. And I think when he ends up somewhere else, he's going to really show what he can do. And I think there's potential for him to come back to WWE. Um, and then, you know, sorry, Chan, but Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> it's Dolph, Dolph. Dolph is someone I think you can put in any situation because of the following he has, because of the, the reputation he's got. He's only been in WWE. Like throughout yeah. his, his professional wrestling career, he's only been in WWE. But he's been a world champion. He's been a heel. He's been a face. He's been still he's still given a world title match. He's a tag team champion. He's he's a Grand Slam champion at this point. Like it's it's really crazy to 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 see and to acknowledge. But I think you put him anywhere else, and he's the type of person where he can be the first feud for like a Jeff Hardy, like I said. And then you can have him be the person who takes a loss to a newcomer, and then he's he's kind of just around. He's he's someone who you can insert in any match. He'll sell. He'll perform well enough. 
and he'll, he'll be there to use. He's kind of like a utility player. So yeah. those are my three. What about you, Jay? Uh, for myself, uh, my guy was over the hill, Stinger. Um, goes without saying, the icon. They did a shot with him on Rampage in the Rafters. Chills. Thank you. I need to see he needs to have a last match that's iconic. So hopefully in this new promotion, we can, you know, drop a Saudi bag, get a taker, get a break, get something that really sends Sting out the way Sting needs to go out. Um, secondly, and this was kind of a tough one for me, it was either Chris Bray, Chris Bay, or Isaiah Swerve Scott. I'd love them both. I think they're both super dope. I love Hero Records for Swerve. I think both of them are the type of guys who like, if you get them on a show. Like they just have it's kind of like the Montez thing where you just see them and say, Oh, that guy's fucking cool. Like mm-hmm. that guy's that that guy's fucking cool. Like Isaiah, like Swords got cut this promo about how dude it took out his grills and um the look out of the fantastic took out his grills. So he burned a lucha mask. It was so hard. Go watch his on Instagram now. I think Isaiah Swords Squad, Chris Bray going to the moon. And then my guy was almost around everything shame. I mean, everything Armand said about Dolph, just insert Seamus. <laughs> that's exactly it's, it's the same exact thing like that's how i feel about it so here's my three shelton cedric apollo cedric uh, apollo cruz and if you Herb remember the order it means over who's about to go to greatness and one that you realize never going to be uh anything but around and i really mean that about apollo cruz or whatever and i'll explain to you why it's not his fault it's not his fault but um, yeah, I say all that to say, let's jump into the motherfucking rewrite. This is why we're here in the first fucking place. It is summer of Cena, apparently. Um, not CM Punk. I don't, you know, it's weird that CM Punk is rumored to have all these these signings or whatever that might be going on. And then Vince is just like, oh, I'm gonna run your shit back that I used to, you know, do or whatever. I'm gonna just bring back my nigga Cena for it. And really did it. And if you look at the uh the cameraman when he comes out on the fucking uh the sta- uh, the fucking stage every night if you look into the crowd there's more kids there now like you see families and shit because John Cena is showing up and that's where the money is and it's just crazy that that nigga ran it back but that's what we're doing right now it's the summer of Cena but speaking of that we know Cena likes to to put on some shows at SummerSlam so um we want to think about okay which one of Cena's SummerSlam matches do we want to rewrite or whatever so that's going to be our prompt but before we get into that i just want to talk about some some summer slam stuff with cena so first thing first things first cena has a losing ass record at SummerSlam. how y'all boys feel about that it's cena's not above records <laughs> yeah like it's it's not that crazy to me because if you're a big enough superstar in the wwe you're gonna take a loss at one of these core four pay-per-views Drew lost at Survivor Series to Roman Reigns. Cena's lost nine times at SummerSlams. SummerSlam is arguably the second biggest pay-per-view after WrestleMania. But, like, if you're big enough, you're going to get your win back at some point. We saw Drew lose a Survivor Series. He ended up losing his WWE title um, to um, to Bobby uh, – to uh, Miz and then Bobby Lashley got it, but he was put right back in the WWE title picture. He got a title match at WrestleMania. He lost, but like prior to uh, Survivor Series where he lost uh, previously, he won the title at WrestleMania from Brock Lesnar, beat Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Like if if you're big enough, you're you're gonna get you're gonna take a loss at one of these core four pay per views, but it's gonna serve a big storyline where you end up winning in the long run. So for Cena, it's not a big deal. Like he he literally ran a decade. He's kind of like LeBron 
from 2011 to 2018. Like LeBron took many finals losses, but there's no one bigger in the 2010s than LeBron James. And it's okay that he took those finals losses because he got his MVPs. He got his wins, finals wins when they, they were needed. And even if he wasn't the MVP that year, like he's still just that, that guy. And you, when you're that guy, you're not going to win all the time, but you taking losses doesn't take away from the fact that you're that guy. So Cena having a losing record at SummerSlam doesn't bother me. Um, it, 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 upon like researching, it was interesting to see that he lost that many times because um, he's had some significant ones, which we're going to get into. You know, you look at uh, 2006 to Edge, 2008 to Batista, like they were building that Cena Batista match in 2008 for like a while. Like that was a match that we wanted for a long time after seeing them yep. be, be the final two and at Royal Rumble 2005, obviously Punk 2011. Uh, Brian 2013, Brock 2014. Like Cena lost four four SummerSlams in a row. Brian, that bro, that Brock is two losses. Brock, That's two losses. That Brock is two losses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is two back to back. That was an actual thing. Rollins and Styles. Like, like, but it's, at the end of the day, it's John Cena. It's it's completely okay. He can take a loss and still be that guy so it, so that's it, a great it, thing fun. that you just said that's a great thing that you just said because i want to ask you this question uh chan how do you feel about john cena inserting himself into matches and shit all the time specifically SummerSlam, but also like outside of that too i'm gonna steal a direct quote from my roommate when we watched the return john cena is just a fucking man like he just <laughs> does what he wants he's just a fucking man like I, like it's something about like this is the part of wrestling that is just primal where it's like there is no mm. reason there is no fucking reason that John Cena should work. He is a like thirty plus year old white rapper from Boston. This That's should why he's not just like Hulk Hogan because yeah. when, you, when you look at Hulk Hogan, even when he was popping, it's like this guy is fucking balding in the middle of his head and has <laughs> hair just around the side. His finishes a leg drop. What? What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> finish no, stunt, yeah, I know you mean stink. But something about John Cena that music hits the the arm bands. It just it just works. And John Cena inserting himself like. There's nothing, everything is made better by infusing John Cena into it. And so you mm. might not like it in the moment. You're like, damn, like I really want to see X, Y, Z. But then you're like, when the match starts, John Cena comes out. It's like, it's John Cena though. Like it's fucking John. It's like, it's just one of those like cultural things. Like you say, it transcends, right? He's just the fucking man. As you saw on Tuesday, he's the fucking man. And so it's like, it's annoying, especially when you're younger, when you like, have a much more emotional attachment to the wrestling storylines because like obviously you may know it's not tr- not real but like like for example in one of his summer state matches against booker t with the united i really loved booker t like booker t was like a big deal to me and i really wanted him to win that few but he didn't so that kind of made me mad but it's also looking back it's like yeah but you got to see john cena booker t wrestle five times it's fucking cool like it, it, it's fucking awesome at a certain point and so it's one of those things where it's annoying in the moment but you look back and you're like i'm glad john cena was there you know it, it could have been worse that's a good point, because that's leading right into my next question. So out of all his Cena Slam matches, which ones would you guys re- rewrite and what would happen with them? Um, any, either one of y'all can go first. I have, a journey, I have a journey to take us on. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. The year is 2012. Um, it's a very shaky time for W. If you look at the roster, it's shaky. It's mm-hmm. like we're, we're looking at a lot of Alberto Del Rio, um, a lot of like – Cody Rhodes mid card matches. It's a lot, but SummerSlam 2012. Um, this is the year John Cena has won the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase. Before this, attempts to cash in on CM Punk, interrupted by the Big Show. This is the first time someone actually didn't 
like successfully cash in their briefcase. Um, which leads to his big show versus Cena in a number of contenders match. CM Punk is on this whole, you guys don't deserve this shit. Like, I, none of y'all should be facing me. I'm tired of Cena getting all this shine. It should be me. He interrupts the match. At SummerSlam, we get a triple threat. Um, in real life, what happens, as you can probably imagine, um, Big Show starts winning at first. Eventually, CM Punk and Cena get him to tap out, like, simultaneously. And so AJ Lee restarts the match. CM, uh, John Cena hits an FU, because I don't call it attitude adjustment, on Big Show. CM Punk throws him at the ring. CM Punk covers him. You know, Big Show takes the pin. As we all know, um, in my storyline, per use, as he is going to do, <laughs> as, as he does. Um, Big Show my lay down. That nigga hey, bro. Lay down. <laughs> Big Show, Paul said, does the check cash? Mm-hmm. I'll be there. I'll be there. No, no, him and Kane ain't no sweat to me, bro. It's nothing to me. It's nothing to me. Taking an L and a triple threat is nothing to me, bro. Um, so in my rewrite, um, not in favor of John Cena, CM Punk. Tosses Cena out the ring, but he turns around. Big Show has gotten back up. Oh my goodness! Choke slam. Big Show. One, two, three. Where? WWE Champion. The Big, Big Show. Show. <laughs> um, part of the reason why I wanted to do this is because a love the Big Show. B I think it would have been interesting to have Cena Punk and because one thing about this time is that because the roster is so thin the big stars were all the champions. So those are the only feuds. Like there were really no, like Randy Orton might have a one-off match with like Dolph Ziggler or something, but like the feuds were the titles. That was basically it. And so I think this gives you an opportunity to have CM Punk and Cena do a, like a little feud outside the WWE Championship, which brings me to the next month, not of champions. Um, we have a rematch from Vintage 2011. Lynn in a no contest. Do you know who Big Show's opponent was for the WWE Championship in 2011, the year before? Mark Henry. Oh, <laughs> he superplexed them and they both ended a double count out. Yes. So we run that match back out. We got to have a winner. Big show comes through because I am pro black. Uh, Mark Henry wins this match. Um, have you know, at in real life, the next Hell in a Cell match, Big Show actually faces Sheamus for the WWE, the World Heavyweight Championship and wins. So he can still have that one. Um, Mark Henry wins. And then this is an interesting time in real life. Um, like, because CM Punk was doing the thing where, like, people were trying to get him to face, like, in Hell in a Cell, like, him to be their opponent. But John Cena was legitimately injured. So he actually, like, couldn't do it. And so in real life, CM Punk faced Ryback, which was... Um, and so in this one, we'll have John Cena come back triumphant. I'm going to take on the big show. Like, he shouldn't have beat me. I had him pinned. F you. CM Punk attacks him. Legitimately injured. Cena steps back. CM Punk enters a match. Hell in a Cell wins. Which sets up one of the most iconic debuts at that next Survivor Series, Sierra, Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield, Premieres, CM Punk retains the title. Um, one thing it does give you, it kind of prevents CM Punk from having that 400, I think, 34-day title reign, which is good. So people can stop tweeting me about that because that's fucking annoying. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but you also you get the rub of like CM Punk kind of being a little bit more underhanded. Cause I think one of the things with CM Punk was that like his stick works if you don't really like WWE, but if you're kind of like, I don't really, I don't hate WWE the same way you do. It doesn't like hit you the same way. So I think making him a bit more of a heel with Heyman and like, I'm a bit more underhanded and kind of working the corners, I think makes him a bit more dynamic. You get a nice big show run in there with Mark Henry, just to get again, the roster super thin. 
you need matches. If I can tell you this actual card, um, you're looking at a Sheamus versus Alberto Del Rio match for the World Heavyweight Championship match, not of champions. There's a lot, a lot of Alberto Del Rio in this time. So I think you kind of thin that out. You give more people a chance to shine. Um, Mark Henry, Big Show, get a title match, which I'm into. And yeah, I, that's what I would do. I yeah. would give the title to Big Show because I think we don't do that enough. And to Mark Henry. So that way, also, 2013, it sets up Mark Henry's eventual turn on Cena at his fake retirement speech. Mm, yes. Because now it's like, oh, we should have had a match last year, but you got hurt. So I think mm. it also plays into that, too. So like yeah, that's that. what I would do. That was fucking genius, man. God damn it. Like Anytime I can get Mark Henry a title, I'm, I'm into it. Oh, hell you know, yeah. I'm into it. Like, hell yeah. Say less, man. I'm into it. Uh, for me, I'm going to the year 2013. And we, and we talked about this in our Cena episode in season one, but I think we're just better at what we do now. So mm. the, the storyline going into that was Cena finally overcame The Rock at WrestleMania 2013, uh, WrestleMania 29. Nine. Yep. He, he's WWE title. He's WWE champion for a bit. He's got matches with Ryback. Then he gets to pick his opponent. He picks Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is white hot at this point. Daniel Bryan is, the fans picked him. He's performing at a high level. He's beaten Sheamus, Randy Orton. He's, he's, he's doing his thing. He's really like that guy at that point. So Cena picks him. And in my story, like Cena's like a bit cocky with it. Like he respects Bryan and what he does, but he picks him because he also feels like he can genuinely beat him. Now the authority gets involved because as we know, Triple H is a special referee there. Randy Orton is holding the money in the bank briefcase in real life brett bryan beats cena and then randy orton comes out walks away triple h hits him with the pedigree and then randy orton cashes in money in the bank defeats daniel bryan bryan holds a title for like a few minutes now yeah. in my story <laughs> cena actually goes over bryan and i think whether bryan won or lost the title to get cashed in on you could still do his story i think yes. as him him getting that opportunity and then losing to Cena just gives him more of an edge. He's like, nah, I like someone, someone chose me as the number one contender. They really respected me to be this. And what, also what you do is as Triple H, as a special referee, he doesn't call it down the middle. He, he does some underhanded shit that leads to Cena winning. Cena's not happy about it. Cena punches oh, Triple H after yeah. the match. I want to win that way. Like, like Cena that. and Triple H are going at it. And then Randy Orton slithers in out of nowhere. RKO, he cashes in. He defeats Cena for the title. So you got Cena angry and you got Daniel Bryan angry. So Randy Orton is champion for a bit. And then Bryan and Cena both want Randy Orton. They have a number one contenders match on Raw that ends in a draw. And then they both, they're in a triple threat match with Ooh, uh, Randy Orton, John Cena, Oh my Daniel God. Bryan. Now John Cena was injured in real life, so he right. he, he went he went away for a little bit. Um, but in my story, he's not hurt. So you get that triple threat match, and then here comes in the in the middle of the match. It looks like Brian's about to win. Here comes Bray fucking Wyatt. Now, as oh. we know, triple threat matches are no disqualification, no countout. So Bray Wyatt interferes, takes out both Cena and Brian. Randy Orton retains the title. Now, what this is interesting because, as we know, the upcoming WrestleMania, WrestleMania 30, John Cena faces Bray Wyatt in a match. So now oh, we get this is. kind of this four man web where it's Randy Orton, John Cena, Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt. So John Cena and Bray Wyatt, rather than going at it at WrestleMania 30, they have a match immediately at the following pay per view. It, it, it could be stipulation, whatever. John Cena and Bray Wyatt fight. Bray Wyatt beats Cena there. 
Um, and then Brian gets matches against Randy Orton, doesn't win, doesn't win. He's still kept out of the Royal Rumble, shit like that. But I think just inserting Bray Wyatt there and having him be this thorn in the side of both John Cena and Brian makes yep. it that more interesting when Wyatt and Cena go at it at WrestleMania 30. And then Brian has to overcome John Cena. Bray Wyatt, and then he gets to WrestleMania 30 where Batista's back. Batista comes back. Brian's actually in the Royal Rumble. He's he he enters at maybe like numbers like one to five. Yeah, fuck it, do one. everyone. Just do it. Fuck it. Batista do it. comes in at 30. Batista's not supposed to be there. No one wants him there. Batista comes in at 30, takes advantage of a tired Brian, throws him out. Batista wins. Brian earns himself a title shot. He he can still do the Triple H match at WrestleMania. Um, he even has like a run in backstage with Bray Wyatt before, after Wyatt's match with Cena, where Wyatt loses. Wyatt and the Wyatt family beat up Brian. Brian still comes, wins a title from Randy Orton and Batista. But I think you just, you inserting Wyatt a bit early into both their storylines, running Cena and Wyatt earlier, having Cena lose and then having Cena have that like redemption story or not. Like, I, I got to get this guy. I forget the title. Like, I'm coming after this, this weirdo who, who interrupted my match, interrupted my opportunity to get the title back. I think summer of Cena then becomes fall of Cena. Um, Cause it's like Cena's on top of the world after he beats yeah. the rock. Like he's, he's that guy until he, he gets to SummerSlam and loses to brand uh, to Daniel Bryan. So you give him another thing where it's like, damn, like I, I really thought this was it for me. Like all this personal stuff I've been going through and now Bray Wyatt's on my tail. And like, nah, I, 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 I got to get this demon out of my life before I get back into the title picture. So that's, that's how I would do it. Got you know, what's interesting about that too. Because I, the other feud I was gonna pick was the Nexus Cena match, but there was just no way, there was no way to make that interesting. I, just, I, really, I really wanted to, but there was no way to do it. But one of the things that like he slated on them interviewed afterwards saying because apparently what happened was originally it was booked for the Nexus to win, yep. but Cena was just like no, <laughs> um, it's not gonna work and for so, me, brother. And he slated all them. I was like basically it took the teeth out of the Nexus. The Nexus then became like not a formidable faction. And I think that's one of the things that happened with Bray Wyatt and by proxy the Wyatt family is that they were super scary, super over, but like they didn't get enough early wins to legitimize them into actual matches. Like all their actual big matches, they would lose. Um, and so I think with that, what you do is you give Bray Wyatt some legitimacy up front where it's like, oh, he's in there. Fuck it. Like cause any any time, even if you don't win, if you're in a match with John Cena and Randy Orton, you're a big deal now. Like you are like legit. And I think you legitimize Bray Wyatt as a threat early on in a way that they really didn't do necessarily at the beginning of the Wyatt family. So I think that's definitely it builds. Like I said, it builds everyone's web that much stronger out because now brian has this another mountain to climb over bray becomes this imposing threat on the level of randy orton and john cena you get yeah. to have you know kind of the history of like randy orton john cena be like we are randy or john cena like who the fuck are you like what do you yeah. want daniel like, like what, can you leave us alone for a second like, i think yeah. that's yeah that's super dope yeah, yeah. It, it, it helps brian's story more than anyone's for sure because yeah. he's got like i said he's got these three people to overcome now the authority john cena and then weird as Bray Wyatt, so it's 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 an even perfect, more perfect climb to WrestleMania 30. That shit all also work out perfect for long form storytelling, telling, which is the opposite of what my rewrite is, because these guys went for long form and some amazing shit, which I loved here, and that was fucking dope. I'm just I'm one hair quitter in this. So my uh, my rewrite, um, much like uh, I forget which one of you said it earlier, but you're saying he was like, yeah, you do. Roof. Oh, no, no, no. Channing, you said it. Yeah. He was like, you yeah, pro black. So Mark Henry is going to get it. I'm pro black. 
So I was watching the damn uh, Cena Booker T match, and I'm like, nah, this yep, nigga Booker yep. T should have won, fam. Should have won. They should have won. This, this nigga had this nigga beat, and he just no sells the way he in, in first at first to turn it into an F five. So or I mean F U or whatever. So here's how I would do it. I would have John do the same thing because it's just like you know what I can't have his character has to do things like that. So you know that's fine, but his character can get his ass work too at the same time. So John goes to lift him up. And Booker T like does like kind of like a flip off of John or whatever to where he could like kind of like either let like to like land on his feet kind of behind him or something like that. And then when John turns around, bang, give that nigga one kick or whatever. Um, you know, he doesn't really go down. You kick him in the stomach, boom, come and just slice him right in the back of the head or whatever. And then he just takes it or whatever. That's how I would have it go. But can you dig mind, it, sucker? Exactly. I'm like, you're not about to flip on this nigga right after he did the spin and Rooney. This some this is Ray assist. Is what this is. That, that was mine. But yeah. Quick yeah, I, th- I think Booker T is one of those guys that like kind of like how we talk about how I feel about like Dolph Ziggler, where it's like he probably didn't in reality didn't need more world title reigns, but like in my heart. I felt like he should have had more. Dude, once he came but up with you, the King Booker character, it was like, this guy's a fucking hilarious yeah. genius. But you look at the it, moon. He's, he's done so much, though. He's actually done so much, oh, but you yeah. feel like there should have been more. Right. But there, because you but know, that, at the, the end of the day, he was getting Triple H. Mainly against Triple H, yeah. The main Triple H, that was the one where it's like, he should have won that match. That was fucked up. Mm-hmm. But you legitimately, he was a big deal, but I just always felt like Booker T. Obviously, though, being a young black kid, seeing this black wrestler who's just unapologetically black with the black wife, it's like, yeah, I'm here for this. Like, Harlem Heat, all that. And so Absolutely. I always just wanted, I always wanted to oh, best Booker T. My bad. <laughs> Even Booker T versus The Rock felt like, oh, this is like the blackest wrestling match I've ever seen. Like, this is crazy. Like, right. <laughs> I'm so into this.